Welcome to the Old School Meeting of Overeaters Anonymous, which features speakers with long-term abstinence. This meeting was born online, and it's going to stay that way. That means you can attend live on Tuesday evenings at 6.30 Pacific if you'd like to. Go to the Los Angeles Intergroup's webpage at oalaig.org for login information. And now, our speaker. And now I would like to introduce Bob, who is going to tell you what he was like, what happened, and what he's like now, including how and why he stays abstinent today. Bob, you're on. Wow, thank you. It's a pleasure to be here today. Uh, Well, I started my life journey a lot, looking a lot different than I am now, and my whole life was completely different. I started OA when I was 21 years old. And I'm going to be 72 uh, at Christmas. So I've been in here for over 50 years. And I want to share with you a picture. This is me. A picture of me. I was actually at a mere 260 pounds when I was 19 years old. I ended up weighing about 400 pounds in the eighth grade. I was always the fattest kid in school. So visualize me with like 60 to 100 pounds more than this dude here. So a lot of things were going on in my life. And I had, I grew up in Northeast Portland and my parents really did love us and gave us the very best things that they could. They also had their own unique challenges and there was a lot of fighting and distress in the household. And uh, I ended up being very affected by all of that. So did my brother. And my unique way of dealing with family distress or stress uh, was to use food and food worked apparently very well at the time, except the problem was it had front effects, side effects, and back effects. And so I'm at this point, I've lost 240 pounds and kept them off for 50 years, staying between 155 and 160 for all of this time. But that's just the physical part. When I came into OA, I lost my weight when I was 21 because I was always the fattest kid in school and it was very discouraging. Plus, I would be spit on by kids, not played with and made fun of. So I emotionally just shut down. And it was very hard to be a gay young man at that time in the 1950s. I was born on Christmas Day, 1950. So it was very hard then to come into OA. I lost my weight with a program that was very helpful. But what brought me to OA was I found that thin was not emotionally well. I couldn't figure out I would compulsively overeat. After I lost all of my weight, I found myself binging on many sweets and binge foods. Couldn't stop myself, was very uncomfortable. And I came to the emotional understanding that if it's that hard to maintain my weight, I can't do it. I I don't know what in the hell to do, but I know that this this doesn't work. My, My neighbor down the street was going to Overeaters Anonymous. So I started in 1972 in Overeaters Anonymous was the only man in the group for many years. And of course, we didn't have at that point a lot of uh, uh, OA literature. We had a lot of literature used from AA, but not OA. So it was so helpful to be in a a group that helped me understand what was going on. The sad part with OA is they do not offer brain transplants. There are no brain transplants. What they do offer, though, is called a program for living. Uh, and they said I had a disease, an illness. I have a physical, mental, 
emotional and spiritual dis-ease that causes me to use food in really inappropriate ways that I know at one level are really harmful. At another level, I can't stop doing it and I don't give a damn. So it's really like, huh? And so I, I really ask the great mystery, I need help and the support, the love. The people in OA loved me as I was hating myself because I was really oh, yeah. angry at myself for being a compulsive overeater <clears throat> and doing things that were not very useful. So what OA offered me was something quite unique. It was a program for living and a program for really dying. At 72 at this point, I'm finding, well, it's not just for living, but I also am getting to the point in my life where I won't be, I know be around forever. So how do I come into the different stages of my life in this season of my life in a way that's healthy and balanced and joyful? And so OA offered me a, a steps and it said, what we offer you is an opportunity to study yourself, just like a research scientist. You're going to study yourself, evaluate yourself, use your strengths and, and help of other people to help you understand my own vulnerabilities and limitations. Through this process, I'll come to know myself. I'll know my what works and what doesn't work, the environments that affected me. I don't know if any of you notice that the world outside of us influences the world inside of us. And a semi-permeable membrane in the, in the whole body of life on earth. And so I, it took a while to figure out, well, using the steps, especially, you know, four, five, six, seven, and 10, to figure out, wow, hmm, how does all this affect me? And what happens to me? I don't know about you, but I might, my, you've heard of stinking thinking. Well, I, I was a complete example of stinking thinking run amok. I was very depressed and shut down emotionally and, and really withdrawn. And so I didn't know all of that until I came into OA and they started to help me look at my life and my response to my life. So what I did is I made a decision. I'm going to have fun at recovery. My life before was pretty, very difficult and, and I wasn't having a good time. So I said, I'm going to make my recovery a celebration. I'm going to celebrate it and notice what I can do. I also made a decision since my body has resisted my best attempts to kill it off in every way possible and that it works is quite a miracle. I made a decision. I'm going to be kind to the being, the imperfect, wounded, confused being who lives inside of my own skin. One of the things that I ultimately decided to do was come up with a term of endearment for myself. I call me Bobby Sweetheart instead of all those other mean, not nasty terms. And if I'm really having a terrible day, I kiss myself and I hug me because I need it. You know, we need love at a time when we're feeling most crappy, right? When we're feeling not good, physically off track, emotionally, mentally confused. That's when we need love and TLC. So I made that commitment to really honor myself with every choice I make, moment by moment, day by day, affirm to myself that I find joy in all the things that sustain me. And what are the attitudes that really save me? Since I had mastered the art of negative thinking, <laughs> I, I used to make myself sick by being mean to me, swearing at myself and being super unkind. And I realized that just brought me to hell. It did not help. I mean, I, I don't know why I do the wacky things I do, but beating myself up doesn't seem to help fix it. So I need to be kind to the part of me that's really confused and doesn't get it. 
And that part means love and complete acceptance. So I also started being thankful, gratitude. So I think for me, one of the key attitudes to cultivate has been gratitude. Gratitude, what higher power has given me. Gratitude that sometimes I'm very confused and make really unwise choices repetitively and get so uh, really confused. And I say, God, I don't know what the, mm, I need, but whatever it is, bring it to me in a very gentle way because I can easily beat the heck out of myself. P.S. Thanks, God. And step by step by step over the 50 years I've been in program, can you believe it? One day at a time, my life has been directed step by step by step to exactly what I need. So what is this OA program anyway? Well, they have some things they suggest you do. These are suggestions, of course. I really, really appreciate the, the new, the where do I start everything a newcomer needs to know, introducing OA Readers Anonymous. So I think all the materials in OA, the literature is super. Abstinence, what I consider for myself really is making an amends to my body, mind and emotions through my daily food choices. But it's not just what I feed myself physically through my mouth, but it's what I feed myself from my head. Do I nurture kindness and compassion and self-respect in my head for me? Because those are essential nutrients also. I love the tools of recovery. And so this, over time, that's how I actually do. Well, at first, of course, I didn't, I mastered the art of compulsive eating and I did not know what to do, how to change it. So they suggested, well, contact a member of the program, get a sponsor. So I had a food sponsor and I had a step sponsor. The food sponsor, before my cooking habits were hamburger helper and fried potatoes. I knew something had to change and wholesome hostess products. I love wholesome hostess products, but I needed a change. And I said, well, so I, you know, I went to a nutritionist and a program. I found some healthy ideas. I needed a new way of eating. At this point, then I learned how to feed myself. So I called my food sponsor up every day. I wrote, we talked about a food plan. I wrote down what that would be and I committed to it. And I noticed when I did well and when I didn't, and then we got feedback to alter it. I, I At this point, you know, I needed an ideas of breakfast, lunches, dinners, and snacks. Because does anyone still here enjoy eating? Even though you're a compulsive already, can you enjoy eating? Yes, you can. Hopefully you can. You know, I need to enjoy it. I and, and so I eat like 16 to 18 servings of vegetables and fruits every day. Uh, I just had a big salad with a salmon burger and some crackers just, just before <laughs> coming over here to fuel up my body. So I needed ideas. So that the food was important. Also, of course, a, so a plan of eating. Andy, Andy, are you saying 10 minutes? We need to hear that. Thank you. Oh, sorry, I didn't, I already, holy opportunity. So, so yeah, the tools of recovery, a plan of eating, sponsorship has been invaluable. I can't tell you how the meetings have been so helpful. We do together what we cannot do alone. And we hear how each of us are going through our journey, applying these 12 steps. Yeah, and so the meetings, telephone. Well, when you're reaching for the wholesome hostess product, and if you haven't put it in your mouth yet, reach out and call someone, just right in the middle of it. That has invaluably saved me. Also writing, I love the tool of writing, it has been so helpful to put things down, to notice my patterns and contemplate alternatives. The literature is incredible and coming up with an action plan. So these are things that, that really have been incredibly valuable for me uh, to do. Uh, also, 
it's helpful for me to be aware of my limitations, which people, so keeping a journal and in writing, I can be aware of the people, places, and events that really affect me and can overwhelm me. And so that's been very helpful to have all that, to learn that. Now, remember we're learning through this whole program. So you, you, you begin where you are and then you gradually change your entire life. I don't know, by the way, Along the way, I also fell into the use of alcohol and drugs because my first relationship introduced that to me. And so at 37, you know, after being here for 25 years, then I needed to reboot my whole life again and redo it. So I'm now 34 years also clean and sober from drugs and alcohol. So I think that's important to really see that we can easily get off track in other directions. So one thing I learned of to, to gain wisdom is the road of excess leads to the palace of wisdom and celebrate our failures. They are our teachers. Choose to learn from them. And I've really proven this one. You cannot know what is enough except through going to extremes. And the key to being successful is fall down seven times, but stand up eight. Now to answer the really important thing of how do I keep going when life is difficult and doesn't go my way? I retired from my work six and a half years ago. At that time, um, I, I needed a total knee replacement. I got Parkinson's six and a half years ago. Uh, my in-laws have been chronically sick and it was mental and physical issues. And then, so that, that again got me, triggered my Parkinson's to get really bad. And so I think this has been challenging at this season of my life, to have my earth suit, my body, not work the way that I'm used to it working, and to really ask higher power, okay, just like with the Parkinson's, I could get angry at my body, angry at myself for not having the capacity I previously did. That doesn't help me, though. I'm just like I have a dis-ease of compulsive overeating, you know, and but I've worked through to heal that. So with the Parkinson's, I'd have a number of things to manage that. I think my root character defect is that my head and my heart easily dream up commitments that my body cannot keep. I've had that time and time and time again. I completely overextended myself caretaking and helping everyone in the world, in the career I was in, in the neighborhood, in my family, you name it, Bob will try and do it. And then my body says, dude, what in the hell were you thinking? I, you can't, you know, uh, sorry, we don't have the energy to help you do that, sweetheart. Uh, one thing I really, really don't like is uh, setting priorities and boundaries. You know, realize how much can I do for work, family, and friends. And what happens is I deplete my sanity reserve bank account and then fall into emotional distress. That's what led me to, I tried to be God's minister of health. I was given a prophecy at Four Square Church that I was supposed to reach out and help people. So I did to the extreme and got myself completely off track. Ugh. Ugh. So I think this is all of this. So I think one of the things to, for me, halt. Don't get too pressured, hungry, angry, lonely, or tired. Because those are the things that throw my chem biochemistry off, my mind, my thinking falls into stinking thinking. And then I think, oh, I must have, who knows what to make it better. So I think that's been the most important thing. Uh, the, uh, one thing I didn't mention that's really saved my life is step 11. Oh, and quickly also, the OA, but here's the 1990 version of the OA uh, 12 and 12, with just the first part there. I love 
the OA literature is so skillful uh, speaking to an overeater. So I really do appreciate that. But step 11, I haven't missed a day in prayer meditation in 50 years. And I take really quiet time every day. I love the way that our literature explains step 11. And that has really saved my life, praying for others, praying for myself, sending out healing and asking and praying for guidance. And so that's- Three minutes to go. Okay. So, <clears throat> so my my wisdom of how do I re, uh, be in this world? I don't I don't know for you if the pandemic has been difficult, the unrest in our political system and around the world. I, I've had I always try to tune in and remind myself, Bob, sweetheart, dear, remember there is a God and you're still not it. And, and I have then I'm reminded, sweetheart, turn your will and your life over to the care of God. <clears throat> Does that mean I trust God for guidance? Well, he's had a pretty good track record so far. Can I really trust it this time when I can't see the future? Well, you can, sweetheart. Uh, so that's one thing I do every day, set the priorities. I always also um, make healthy food. So that the day we went grocery shopping, made a lot of healthy food today. I take my food seriously. If you came over here, there's all kind of healthy food for, that works in my program. And none of my binge foods or problem foods are in the house. And so you, you literally become what you think and what you eat and what you do. Your moment-by-moment -moment choices shape your entire life. And lastly, to motivate all of us, including me, remember that it takes huge courage to do what each of us are doing in the OA program. The world needs a program for living. We already have a program for living and dying, going through the whole journey of a human being's life. And your healing yourself is a gift to the entire world. So I want the last thing to say is remember, think about, don't look around and see what the world needs. See what you need to truly come alive and give that to yourself. Because what the world needs is truly alive people. And give that gift to the world. Higher power in me doing this has used my life to touch many, many thousands of people. And I tried so desperately earlier in my life to kill myself off and run away and not be alive. So this program gave me my life. And I and I and each of you gave me my life. And truly that that's been the miracle. I'm very humbled. Even with my, you know, today at 72, I still need a whole village to just keep my my earth suit together and my life together but i'm teachable i think that's the key thing be open be teachable and be um, willing to be accepting and have patience so i think that's that's it so thank you